0: My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. Last week, we studied and meditated on Psalm 33. If you had a chance to listen, I told you I'm going to do something this week that I don't normally do, and that is link the two episodes together most of my podcast episodes are stand alone, but I wanted to show you how to take a different take on a section of scripture that you had already engaged with. So this week, I will use Chris Tomlin and Nicole Serrano's song, I Stand in Awe, to point us back to the same psalm. You definitely don't want to say, I've read that already. I'm looking forward to diving back into Psalm 33, but first, let's listen. When I consider What you have made The mighty oceans The fiery stars The fields and forests Give you praise My Lord If you have the time, I encourage you to listen to last week's episode. I, I want to be able to use it as a starting point for this week because last week we had the opportunity to engage with Psalm 33 using the song, I Will Trust My Savior Jesus by City of Light as our inspiration. We took the bite of exploring a topic and the topic was trust. And the way we went about it, however, was to basically ask why we can trust God. So in a roundabout way, we took the bite of starting with God and ultimately spent quite a bit of time exploring the conduct and character of God. Uh, Now, bite, by the way, B-I-T-E is an acronym for Bible Interaction Tool Exercise. And starting with God is an important habit to build in your own interaction with God's word. Too many times we approach scripture from a place of what's in it for me rather than what can I learn about God and how should I respond. Incorporating the bite of starting with God's a great way to break that habit. Fixing our eyes on what scripture says about God is the only starting point for anything that matters to you. So by exploring the character and conduct of God revealed in Psalm 33, we looked closely at his conduct because of our key verse that says we can trust everything he does. So we explored the actions of God revealed in that particular psalm, actions like his work in creation thwarting the schemes of godless nations, making and understanding the human heart, and watching over and rescuing his children. Those are just a few things that we uncovered uh, as we explored Psalm 33. We also explored the character of God. So his actions, of course, flow out of his character, just like our actions flow out of our character. But his actions flow out of his character, who he is. And in this psalm, we see the word of the Lord holding true. We see the God of justice. We see that he is good. We see he's a God of unfailing love, a fact that we know that God is love. Um, So we see him as creator and the king of kings. We see him as El Roy, the God who sees. We see him as as omniscient, all-knowing. He's revealed as rescuer, our hope, our help and our shield. I'm telling you, if you missed last week, just pause this one, go and listen real quick, and then hop back in. Because once you've looked deeply into the face of God, now a response is demanded. A God with that kind of character and those kinds of works deserves a response. And that response is awe, wonder, and praise. Psalm 33 8 says, let the whole world fear the Lord and let everyone stand in awe of him. See why I picked this week's song to uh, continue our time in Psalm 33. So the fear mentioned in this verse refers to reverence. I've heard some people say that it's the kind of fear. It's not the kind of fear where we're afraid. And I know what they're trying to say, but it does remind me of um, C.S. Lewis, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Remember that that conversation that Beaver had with Susan? And he says, Aslan is a lion, the lion, the great lion. And ooh, said Susan, I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe. But he's good. He's the king, I tell you. So, part of reverence is a sense of honor and a holy fear. I don't want you to be afraid of God, but I do want you to fear him. He is a mighty God, he's worthy of our fear, our honor, our reverence. I don't want it to, the verse gives us a way to fear the Lord. I don't want us to, um, Try to water down this idea of fearing the Lord is what I guess what I'm trying to say. But again, the verse gives us a way to fear the Lord. It says, let everyone stand in awe of him. That's one way that we can show our reverence or our fear of the Lord. Now, G.K. Chesterton, a British writer and theologian wrote, the world will never starve for want of wonders, but only for want of wonder. What is this wonder we are starved of? And of course, wonder is a synonym of awe. Let's take the bite of defining the word. And I'm talking about defining the English word for awe. And uh. So when I look up the word awe, the dictionary defines it as an overwhelming feeling of reverence, admiration, fear fear. Okay, we're on the right track. Produced by that which is grand, sublime, extremely powerful or the like and and it actually gives the definition actually gives the example of being in awe of God. Now, how about that? Now, when I define wonder, I discover that what that wonder is to be filled with admiration, amazement or awe. And synonyms for awe and wonder include this: admiration, astonishment, fascination, reverence, to marvel. So I want to ask, when was the last time you stood in awe and wonder of God? I want you to be fascinated with God. When something fascinates us, it grabs our attention and we tend to give it a measure of awe and wonder. How much more as we approach God, this God that we've been learning about in Psalm 33. So it's my prayer that your time in God's word will develop a fascination with who God is that includes moments of astonishment and marvel and reverence. Now let's take the bite of considering the opposite. So the opposite of wonder and awe is anticipation, expectation, disinterest, or disregard. (laughs) Does this opposite list strike you like it does me? It strikes me that the opposite of awe and wonder is expectation, Meaning, I experienced what I expected to experience, so there's nothing to be awestruck about. It doesn't inspire wonder because it's exactly what I thought it would be, or maybe even a little disappointing. We want to avoid this kind of thinking as we approach God and as we think of God. Now, the quote from G.K. Chesterton, The world will never starve for want of wonders, but only for want of wonder, comes from an introductory story to his book, Tremendous Trifles. And I'm going to go ahead and link to it in the show notes. There's a free version of it online. Um, he, he's, uh, he writes in, in a language, a time that is not comfortable for us to read. But the story goes like this. Uh, he describes two young fellows who lived in a garden house. And spent a lot of time in the front garden with grass and gravel and bright red daisies. You can picture it like an old English cottage garden with pathways and just picture it in your head with the grass and the daisies and maybe even a fountain in the middle. And a fairy comes and gives each of the fellows a wish. The one wants to be a giant who can stride across continents and oceans to see fascinating places he's only dreamed about. And the other chooses to become small, a pygmy about a half an inch high. The giant wandered the earth trying to find something really large, but instead he found everything really small. Even the Himalayas and Niagara Falls, they were a letdown because they seemed so small to him. Now, The pygmy, on the other hand, found adventure in his front yard, an adventure that include mystical towering forests of crimson, right? Those red daisies. He found adventure in his front yard and has yet to come to the end of it. And Chesterton goes on to say that he would much rather be the pygmy where every detail of life seems large and awe-inspiring, where there is always something else to see and uncover in the most seemingly mundane of things. He contends that everything is in an attitude of mind and that he's very comfortable with the attitude he's chosen to stay small and look up in wonder rather than become so large that there is nothing of consequence to take in. In a video between theologian J.I. Packer and our author Mark Jones, Packer says this, You don't get awe until you've begun to cultivate the sense that God is very great and you are very small. And that is what we're doing when we spend time in God's Word, interacting with it, letting it roll around in our mind, take, taking it in, talking about it with our friends. Our goal is to cultivate the sense that God is very great And we are very small. And what better way to do that than to gaze into the face that he has revealed to us through his word. Last week, we looked deeply at the face of God, the kind of character and works that deserve a response. So let's look at our response that we should have in Psalm 33. I know we rushed over it a bit last week, but if you spent um, time in Psalm 33 or if you begin to spend time in it this week, go ahead and take the bite of repetition. Read it daily and you will notice that it, uh, that the psalm starts out with our response. The psalmist makes a declaration of conduct for the godly, and then makes the case for why it should be so. That's kind of the pattern of the psalm. and Because we started with God last week, we kind of skipped this part. But let's go ahead and look closely at it today. Verses 1 through 3. Let the godly sing for joy to the Lord. It is fitting for the pure to praise Him. Praise the Lord with melodies on the lyre. Make music for Him on the ten-string harp. Sing a new song of praise to Him. Play skillfully on the harp and sing with joy. So how should we respond to this amazing God that we serve? With praise. And so let's go ahead and look at the action words associated with a proper response to our faithful and loving God. What do we see if we make a list of these action words? Or you could even mark up the text and circle the action words in your Bible or print it out on a separate sheet of paper. But let's look at those. Sing for joy. Praise the Lord. Make music. Make music. Sing a new song of praise. Play instruments skillfully. Uh, and again, sing with joy. Sing for joy and sing with joy is uh, are the two words that are used here in this scripture. It just sounds like a good old-fashioned worship night, doesn't it? And while I was studying this psalm, a phrase jumped out at me as interesting. And that's a bite, by the way. Observing interesting phrases or words. And it says, it is fitting For the pure to praise him. And when I paired the bite of observing an interesting phrase with the bite of studying in various translations, I discovered that the word fitting is also translated befits. Or the King James says "comely," or other versions say "becoming," uh, not becoming as in transforming, but as in um, it, it looks good on you. <laughs> I mean, what? It, so what does this mean? I mean? Praise looks good on you, and so let's take the bite of considering the opposite. What's the opposite of praise? If praise looks good on us, then what doesn't look good on us, right? So let's consider the opposite of praise within the context of our psalm. The opposite of praise could be blame or criticism, or disapproval, or denouncing. I think um, it could look a lot like the opposite of wonder. I think the opposite of wonder is to abandon and neglect and disregard and ignore. So if we go back to the characteristics and conduct of God that we uncovered last week, because he has made the heavens and put boundaries on the waters of the earth, because of God's glorious creation, we should praise We should shout and make music and sing and play instruments. We should not blame and criticize and disapprove or abandon it or neglect or disregard. The things, the proper response is praise. And we know what we studied in verses four and five last week. The word of the Lord holds true and we can trust everything he does. He loves whatever is just and good. The unfailing love of the Lord fills the earth. So acknowledging that he is God and we are not, we praise. We raise our eyes and we raise our hearts to heaven where he sits enthroned with his eye on us and we stand in awe of him. Now let's flip to the end of the psalm to see a couple more ways that we can and should respond. Uh, Keeping all that God is in mind, keeping all that he has done and plans to do in mind Keeping all of his concerns ahead of our own, we should wait for the Lord. Verse 20 says, Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Now, the Hebrew word for wait here means just what the English word does it means to stay put until something expected happens. Well, what is it that we expect? We expect God's help and his protection right here in our verse. He is our help and our shield. His characteristics of being our help and shield. So what does waiting look like? Now, I'm not sure what it looks like for you. I know it doesn't mean rushing ahead of God. It doesn't mean leaving his steadfast love behind. It doesn't mean slogging through the mire of worry and doubt. Kind of looks more like verse 21. For our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. It looks a lot like a glad heart, not a disappointed one. And it looks like trust rather than disregard. Now, earlier we talked about those two fellows who each got a wish. One wished to be a giant so that he could easily stride across continents to see places he had only dreamed about. But by becoming a giant large enough to stride over continents, he discovered the amazing places he dreamed about were small and disappointing. And that other fella who chose to be a pygmy a half-inch high, whose grand adventure remained in his front yard with towering trees of crimson. But because he was so small, even a seemingly mundane thing like a red daisy seemed grand and awe-inspiring. So which awe-inspiring aspect of God's character and conduct and concerns have you been looking down on? Remember that it's an attitude of the heart and mind that will keep us small, that we can look up in wonder and awe rather than becoming so large, so so big for our britches, as my grandma used to say, that there is nothing of consequence to take in. So my closing prayer for you today is the same as the psalmist in verse 22. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. So what's next? Well, keep reading Psalm 33. I want you to read it repetitively. Read it in different translations. With a list of God's characteristics and conducts at at your fingertips from last week, consider your appropriate response this week. Cultivate a sense that God is very great and you are very small. Stand in awe of our great God. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at com. Hop on Twitter at michellekneezat, Instagram at michellekneezat. My public Facebook page is michellekneezat, and we can talk about what you're learning. Now, more than a song is a proud member of the NRT Podcast Network, a network of podcasts associated with New Release Today. I hope you go check out newreleasetoday.com. They've got a wonder, a wonderful uh, trove of treasure trove of resources as it relates to music, and so I know you're going to love some of the things uh, that they offer on their site. Now, if you haven't joined the 30 Day Music Challenge yet, I highly recommend it. The challenge is to listen exclusively to Christian music for 30 days. It's never too late to jump in. You just submit your email uh, and name to michelleknizette.com forward slash 30 day challenge and you are in. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank any new subscribers to my website like Jesse from Missouri. Welcome. I uh, just want to know, want you to know that what I send new subscribers is a one page resource of my top five bites. And then from then on, it's great a great way to start uh, interacting with God's word. But then from then on, subscribers benefit from an email that I send once a week that basically include all of the show notes, all of the links, all of the additional resources that I talk about. I take notes for you because I know that when you listen to podcasts, you're probably doing something else. So all of that, by the way, is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to com to subscribe today. Now, have you had a chance to write a review in iTunes for the podcast yet? Uh, This encourages me, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. So I have a new tool to help you leave a review. Just go to lovethepodcast.com forward slash more than a song. Of course, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at MichelleNeesat.com through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using Woman at the Well by Olivia Lane to jump into scripture. My teenage daughter Meredith heard it on the radio and sent it to me as a recommendation. How great is that? So we're going to be using that one. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michelleknizat.com forward slash 398. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.